The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Good afternoon, everybody. Eric Franson, AJ Salveson. Hope you're having a decent Monday after getting back into things after a crazy weekend. Uh, and a lot of kids home. I uh, hope they're not driving you crazy. Uh, we all know that our, pe- our teachers are vastly underpaid when you have a couple of extra days with your kids when they should be uh, at school instead. But uh, we appreciate all the efforts that have been going on to uh, from various different organizations to try to figure all of this out. But just a, a reminder... Wash your hands. Please. Don't come into work or to other large spaces if you don't feel good. Disinfect your area. Please. And yeah, and be courteous. Okay, and when you eat a donut, don't like stick your hand entirely inside your mouth and then touch everything again. <laughs> I had a Rudy Gobert moment. Yes. Oh, de- yeah. You think? I Come on, Eric. Be courteous. But you're right. Be courteous if you're at the store. And you're looking for supplies. Don't accost the the workers there. They're trying to do their best. Try to be nice to other people that are in there. Don't hoard. If we don't hoard, if you don't go crazy stupid, we'll all be fine. We'll get through this. But as soon as people start doing crazy stupid and hoarding, then it's like I have to go out and start hoarding and be crazy stupid too just so I don't get left behind. So let's not do that, okay? And also, before I get off my soapbox, um, let's continue to do what we can to help support our local businesses that are affected. Oh, that's been fun, by the way. I have found a lot of local bakeries, a lot of local eatery places, and I've uh, been able to go there and have great, oh my heck, the food at our local places are second to none. And then I tip them really well, especially because they work so hard for us. And yeah, yeah that's a great point. There's some stuff going around about how all of a sudden people are not tipping right now. What? Which is ridiculous. Wait, did you say not tipping? Yeah, they're not tipping. All of a sudden. Uh, yeah, you probably should be tipping. Absolutely. I mean, these are people who depend on that for their income. If they're servicing you, if, if they're, they're, uh, they're servicing you. If they're serving you, <laughs> if they're helping you out with what you're, uh, you know, for your bringing your meal or taking care of cleaning up your, your table and other things like that. Yeah, give them a tip. Yeah, absolutely. There's, there's no reason why you shouldn't be. Heavens. They they do a lot for us. And again, I love what you said. Thank you for bringing up the local thing, though. I really appreciate you doing it. I actually did that this weekend, and oh, it was so much fun. I got really fat, too, but it was well worth it. Uh, you're going to make a phone call to John Oglesby, who is the – I'm going to make sure I get this right because I don't want to screw up his title. I gave him a promotion last time and got in trouble. Uh, he's the assistant director of the Utah High School Activities Association. Uh, would love to get his thoughts on uh, this situation of the, the, the COVID-19 how it's affected high school athletics, especially in the state of Utah. And where do you go from here, right? Where do you go from here? What do you do when a situation like this, and I mean, they're hoping to start in two weeks. Obviously, that's probably going to get pushed back. And then what? Do, do you keep it? Do you allow it to stay? Uh, so it, it, it's interesting. It's a, it's a really touchy subject. Um, and I also want, I got to ask him about the big sky conference, uh, where he was actually going to be broadcasting games. And then all of a sudden world got flipped upside down on its head. And, uh, he, uh, 
the Big Sky Conference tournament was canceled. So, uh, yeah, so Toronto Eagles B again will be joining us here in just moments, very, very few moments, uh, and we'll, uh, we'll get his thoughts on some things uh, here going on in Utah High School Athletics so- Activity Association. By the way, he does join us now. Uh, John Oglesby, who, by the way, last time I gave you a, a promotion, John, on air, and it probably wasn't a good idea. So, as the assistant director of the Utah High School Activities Association, you're welcome. Uh, but uh, how are you doing, man? Doing well. Doing well. Good to be on with you guys. Hope all of our friends up in Cache Valley are doing well. Well, at this point, no confirmed cases up here, so uh, that's that's a good thing. Um, so always a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess the, today we learned that there was a high school student at uh, down in Heber that, that tested positive. But um, with the, the announcement that came a week ago about the suspension of uh, different activities, including practices and, and games, said it was going to be a two week suspension. Uh, what was the process to make that call? for the Utah High School Activities Association? Well, the process really, uh, in large part, dealt with the coronavirus task force that Governor Gary Herbert and Lieutenant Governor Spencer Cox have created to give advisement to Utah citizens on best practices and protocols that we should all be following for the interest of the general public health. And so in relation to information that uh, we've gotten that was affirmed in a press conference that they held Thursday and then Friday. Um, From that, uh, the decision was made by our governing boards as well as our association staff to move forward with a suspension of our spring season, Uh, again, done in the interest of upholding those best practices for the protection of student-athlete welfare as well as the welfare of the general public. John, I have to imagine that with Governor Herber and and, uh, Lieutenant Governor Spencer Cox and those guys making the statements that they did, it had to be super easy for you guys just to follow that protocol. Is that correct? Yeah, we we felt extremely validated. And again, following the protocol that was outlined uh, by those individuals who are the leaders of our state um, and have great access to several extremely intelligent, very wise people. And so the minute they came out with that information regarding best practices for us all, to uh, help contribute um, to the betterment of overall public health. It it was a very easy conversation internally on what the next steps were regarding the spring season. Is there a way for it to be salvaged? You know, to be honest, I think we're too early to really tell. Um, You know, we're day five, I would say, into the new normal that we're all living in. And uh, I, I used this analogy earlier when talking with one of our coaches. Um, you know, I think right now it's really tough for any of us to be able to paint with a broad stroke and feel very accurate about that. Instead, we have to paint in, in much smaller segments with a much finer brush. And so right now the, the canvas that we're painting is smaller, and there's great detail in terms of how we want these um, periods to go in terms of how schools can help fend for student-athletes and be able to help them. And overall, our message is, again, just we're trying to manage the best with the circumstances we have right now, and we'll make those decisions and involve our boards in making those decisions as more information becomes available. I know you're going to be helping out with broadcasting duties with the Big Sky Conference Tournament 
What was that like to see that saying, hey, yeah, we're going to have a tournament to, hey, we're canceling this and we're done? Well, I, I think it's something that we've all felt um, in our lives over the past week or so. Um, that's something that I, I do outside of my um, role at the high school association as I work as a freelance play-by-play announcer, and I was in Boise for the Big Sky Conference Tournament. And again, similar to the, the news that all of us took in on Wednesday night that several members of the Utah Jazz had um, tested positive for the coronavirus, it, it changed a lot in our world, specifically in our sports world. And so I think the Big Sky leadership, which has tremendous, tremendous credentials, I think they made the decision um, based on the advisement of their university presidents to move forward, just as we and the high school association, high school association made the decision based on recommendations from our state leaders on what we needed to do to move forward. And I would say the common denominator in all of that is it's all been in the interest of student athletes, safety and welfare. Again, we're talking to John Oglesby. He is with the Utah High School Activities Association. And John, w- at what point does does your organization get back together and reevaluate uh, when can things start to happen again? And if they do happen again, at what level? I mean, with with fan participation or not, or just games that happen. What's that process like? Yeah, I appreciate that question. I would say that I think we're still too early in the process to really be able to make a lot of finite statements on what things are going to look like, when they can start, when that process will envelop or develop, I should say. I think right now, again, our staff is primarily trying to assist schools um, in the process of where we're at now, which is, you know, where we have a a minimum of at least two weeks of a shutdown um, a suspension in our season, and so we're trying to just help answer questions and try to be a resource for member schools at this time. Um, that's really where we're at right now, and as information comes about in the coming days from whether it's the CDC, whether it's the governor, whether it's Lieutenant Governor Cox's task force, we'll then be able to act on that information as we receive it. John, I want to get to the RPI stuff here in just a moment, but before that, I do want to ask you, what is your advice to those athletes and to the parents as they are going through this COVID-19 situation? The main thing that I, I was taught this very early in life and that in every negative situation that we're going to face and in every adversity, there's always ways that we can grow. And as part of that growing process, we usually can find people that are less equipped to deal with what's going on than we are. And so what I would encourage everyone to do, regardless of wherever you're at, whatever your status is, whether you're an at-risk population or whatnot, I would encourage you to try to reach out to connect with people to see how you can help them, whether it's buying groceries, um, whether it's making a phone call to see how they are. If you're a high school student athlete and you have teammates that are confused and saddened and lost, starting a text chain or a phone tree to give people a call, I would say whatever we can do to try to stay together and grow more unified, even though we're socially distancing ourselves, 
I think if that's the outcome that we can push for out of this, I think we're going to be able to come better off out of this entire um, this entire experience of life that all of us are are living for the first time. Looking at the uh, 4A state championship basketball game, actually the 5A, 6A, 4A, and probably the 3A game too, the RPI worked out to be a beauty. That Skyview-Dixie game could not have went any better. I, I'm sure that you as a UHSAA crew was really thrilled with the results. Well, just just well, results it, of a great I, basketball game, I should say. Yeah, yeah, it, it was a tremendous basketball game. I mean, it was a heavyweight fight as much as you've ever seen in a in a high school basketball state championship game and it was a game and I made this comment to several people on both sides of that outcome it was a game that neither side deserved to lose uh, because of the quality of play the quality of teams the quality of coaching and as it comes down to it like it so often does in many games is it a few plays here and there a couple missed shots uh, a turnover and that's the difference in a championship game many times. And it was, I mean, it was a one versus two battle and it lived up to everything that you would think of when you think of a true number one and a number two facing off for a state title. We've gone through the full high school football season. We've gone now through a full basketball season as well. First year implementing the RPI. Uh, what's the assessment so far and the feedback so far from the coaches? I would say it continues to be uh, mostly positive. I think there's still, um, again, as it's a new normal that we're adjusting to in terms of how we've seeded our state tournaments. Um, and, it, and it's different from, again, you have a business model that's been used for decades and then you switch to something new. It's always going to take time for people to readjust in terms of how they're looking at situations. The one thing I would say is this. I think the results throughout the basketball season validated that we had some matchups that occurred um, that probably would not have occurred without having an RPI-like system. And I would say the overall competitiveness of our games, the parity of our state tournaments, uh, I think it was extremely exciting for fans and for players and coaches and I think that's what we were trying to get out of it, and that's what our governing board certainly wanted um, in the last realignment process. And so I look at that as a positive, and I'm excited to see where it continues. What are some of the adjustments you'd like to make in the RPI? What are some of the adjustments that I would like to make in the RPI? I, I think right now we're still at a point where it's a little too early for us to even – be able to speculate on if or when adjustments need to be made. Hmm. Um, I, I think that's that's our boards at this point have not pushed for any significant changes after each season. I think our whole looking at it as a staff and as a, our governing boards was we wanted to see how a year of it went, look at information, and then see if changes needed to be made. Um, one thing that I will tell you in looking at different numbers within the RPI, um, it, 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 when you make changes to the formula, um, which we've, you know, behind the scenes done just to see how different things would look, it's pretty striking how similar things remain. It's that old phrase, the more things change, the more they stay the same. Interesting. Uh, I know there were some issues where you, you'd see some of those teams at the lower end of the RPI 
travel great distances just to get really beat up on and then have to travel back home with a, a big stinging loss, which they'd already had a, a, a rough s- uh, season as it was. Do you foresee any changes there where teams may be ex- excluded from postseason play, or is it still going to go with the model that everybody gets at least one game in the postseason? Well, that's that's an area that has always stood with our executive committee to make a decision on how many teams make it to the postseason. The reason there was a wide move to an all-comers-style state tournament structure was the Board of Trustees did that for the larger classifications based on the last alignment. And then from there, it developed to where the rest of the classifications in the executive committee level voted for an all-comers-style tournament. The executive committee still has the ability to limit that. Um, Whether they will or not, I, I really couldn't tell you again. Um, as as much as our focus will always remain on creating competitive equity, you know, I think right now for the next foreseeable few weeks at the very least, our focus is going to be on trying to care for the overall welfare of our student-athletes and their mental health and their well-being physically. And then I think we'll be able to get back to competition and talking about all of those things, hopefully sooner rather than later. I interviewed Coach Gary Anderson, head football coach at Utah State, uh, a couple of weeks ago, and we were. I asked him about recruiting in the state of Utah and the importance of it, and he raved about the high school athletes in this state. And then, of course, you see local athletes now more and more staying in the state of Utah playing at local colleges. So my question is, one, can you talk about just how great the talent is in the state of Utah high school athletic-wise, and two... How I mean, how much does it mean to you guys that these kids stay local and play at local colleges? You know, I think it's, I I would say as as someone who holds degrees from two different institutions in the state of Utah, it's always extremely gratifying to see kids that um, have great success in state and then are able to find a great match um, with an in-state coach, regardless of the sport to be able to continue their playing career here. I would say I would rather have a kid get a great fit, even if it's an out-of-state school, compared to staying in an in-state school and maybe not having a great fit for them because it's such an individual thing on what best meets each student uh, and prospective student-athlete at the college level. But I think our talent here has always been strong in many different sports. We have good coaches. We have a competitive youth sports culture which I think is very community-based and it brings people up to want to play significant roles in high schools that they grow up near and they, there's a sense of community to it, which breeds great competition. Um, and so I think our student-athletes have always been exceptional, and I would agree with Coach Anderson in stating that kids in this state overall, in my opinion, want to win, they want to compete, and they want to improve. And I think anytime you have those three things put together in student athletes, um, along with a great desire to foster an educational career besides just athletics, I think you're going to have a tremendous outcome for not only high school programs, but college programs. John Oglesby with Utah High School Activities Association. Uh, one last question for me is we've been talking a lot about you know, football and basketball and spring sports like baseball that are coming up and affected by this current suspension of practices and play. 
But you guys also work with other activities. I think that's the important thing to, to look at. UHSAA doesn't stand for Athletics Association. It stands for Activities Association. It was like there was a big debate tournament that was just uh, canceled this, this past weekend. There's other things you guys work with besides uh, m- most people would realize just as athletics. Yeah, we do a variety of different things. We have a flood, you know, we have, uh, you know, fully functioning programs in um, debate and music and theater and five classifications of our state debate championships were unable to be um, contested over the weekend. And so those are student athletes, uh, not athletes, but student participants that are right on the precipice of being able to compete for a state title and unable to because of concerns that were out there about their overall health and safety. And, and so there's a lot of people that are affected right now and uh, not just student athletes, but coaches, parents. And it, it's a very, it's a very trying time for so many different types of people. And that's why, again, I, I can't state enough the importance of all of us, playing a role in trying to be encouragers of people. Um, I, I just can't state enough how important that is right now and, and how important that is for us in our daily work to encourage people that the mission of what we do in education-based activities, which is to foster teamwork, build relationships, and gain a greater understanding of ourselves and our circumstances, the mission of what we do can be accomplished regardless of whether we're actually playing games or not. John, a final question from me. Uh, we, we appreciate your time. You've been so gracious with it. How come you're not following me on Twitter? I mean, what do I got to do to get a follow from John Oglesby on Twitter? You know what? You know what? <laughs> I'm going to get off this phone right now and I'm going to make that happen. I'm kidding. Oh, that's you know, so mean. It, it's, Priorities. It, is that egocentric it, of me or just, what, John? <laughs> Yeah, the, the, you know, there's several several great gifs out there, like the face palm gif and that. I hope all the viewers at home can imagine me doing that at this moment. It's just, it's uh, it's an oversight, and uh, we'll correct it here within minutes. <laughs> John, you're one of the actually best human beings in the world. Thank you so much for all your time. We greatly appreciate you, and best of wishes uh, throughout the rest of the spring. All right. Thanks so much to you guys and best to all of our friends up in Cache Valley. All right. All right. Thanks, John. That's John Oglesby, uh, part of the Utah High School Athletic Association. Yeah, they have a difficult task. I mean, uh, it's, were, it is a hard, hard job that they have. Before schools were canceled, they had to jump in and they were one of the first to say, look, we're, we're postponing things. We're, we're putting things on pause here for a little bit. And it's not just baseball, it's not just softball, it's not just soccer, it's debate. Yeah. So there's a, a lot of kids that are affected by this. And it's not like they're like, hey, everyone else is doing it, so we're going to do it too. They went through a thought process, okay, this is going to affect the state in a lot of ways. Let's make sure we have our marbles in a pile. Let's make sure that we're, you know, we, we have a road ahead of us. We see a path, and we know what we're doing here. I thought they've done a tremendous job of getting ahead of the situation and making decisions and keeping everybody up. I thought they've been absolutely phenomenal about it. Right, and there's still uncertainty. I mean, we're still very yeah, young. Yeah, we have this. no idea. And like he, yeah, like he it's said. It's hard to know if these he kept sports saying will be able to pick up again. The first three words were, it's too early. It's too early to know. So uh, that's kind of where we stand with it, and that's what we, we need to be patient with the situation. All right, well, the more to discuss on this. The NFL is making news today with 
with trades and free agency. We've got uh, Major League Baseball making some news. A lot of things still to discuss that are still going on, even though not, not a lot of games are happening. We're still trying to digest a lot of this stuff here. Uh, here on the Full Court Press, I'd love to hear from you as well. 435-339-0321 if you want to text in and join us here on the Full Court Press. Interviews, analysis, and a little bit of fun mixed in. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Welcome back to the Full Court Press. Really appreciate John Oglesby joining us. You're on the Full Court Press. He's always been very gracious. I just, uh, so I text him, like, hey, John, thanks for your time. Greatly appreciate you. And he goes, thanks. Great burn there. So now you make me feel bad for even just joking with you about it. Yeah. I'm I sorry. realized I wasn't following him, so now I am. Oh, well, good for you. Yeah, so. so now you got to wait at least a year to get a follow. That got to be nice. No, John was so great. We greatly appreciate his time, and uh, uh, I can't tell him enough how uh, how much we appreciate it. It was great stuff, too. Uh, again, a lot of it, Eric, is it's too early to know. That's 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 all he can say right now. It's too early to know. You know, we're, we're just a little bit into it. So, But great stuff. And we'll post the interview as soon as we get out of this uh, show. We'll post the interview so everybody can listen to it if you missed it. And then tomorrow, don't forget, Steve Hansen, head Mountain Crest uh, baseball coach, will join us on uh, live in studio here. And uh, I'm going to make sure I have a uh, bag of seeds and uh, two Gatorades for him. Uh, (laughs) He's the best teacher. And we'll talk high school baseball as a whole. Sure, yes. But, Eric, and I hope it's okay with you, we're going to run through Nostalgia Lane. Um, The guy is, is one of the winningest baseball coaches in state history. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Eric, he is in third place behind a Timpanogos coach. I can't remember his name. One of the nicest dudes ever. And then there's a Taylorsville baseball coach who won like four straight state championships. He sits just behind those two coaches. And so there's a lot of games to talk about, a lot of wins. He had two of the most epic, Eric, epic state championship runs. One of them in 99 when they lost a game early and had to play. I hope I get this right, but I think it was seven games in three days to win a state championship, and they won them all. And then, of course, in 09, when they uh, they lost on a on a game-winning home run or a game-winning grand slam and then turned around, and the kid who gave up the home run hit a walk-off home run just the game after that to get him to the state championship, and then they beat this highly rated Dixie baseball team. And so uh, a lot to go through, and uh, I-, I can't wait for Coach Anton to come in uh, a guy whom I absolutely love and, and admire so much. And we'll get more interviews on the way. Love to hear from our listeners. Who would you like us to realistically, realistically hear from? Who are people you want to hear from? Locally even. I'll take local. I'll take Right. If you say, statewide. I want to hear from Barack Obama. Uh, please call his secret security service. And Chances go are high we're not going to be able to get Yeah. Him. Now, if you say you want to hear from Ryan Bohm. Maybe you want to hear for where Ryan Bowman is. I know you got him on the post game show for uh, or pregame and post game for football. Maybe you want to have him one on one here. Maybe you want to hear from uh, I don't know Coach Hilliard. If there's someone local you would like to hear from, let us know. We'll reach out to him, put together an interview, and we'll sit down and we'll chat. We'd love to do it. We've got time on our hands now for eight weeks. Yeah, because because we're being honest, we are looking at the weeks to come we're, and getting very nervous about how we fill time. As Michael Scott once said, "We are screwed." <laughs> 
<laughs> Eric, I, we're seeing this across the, oh, the sports man. world. Yeah, I'm you listen seeing... to radio shows, and look, we could sit there and berate and repeat everything that you've heard for the past seven hours of radio, but that's not us. We're going to stick to local stuff. We're going to give you local stuff. I hear people, I see people on Twitter complaining. I never hear enough Aggie content because you're listening to the wrong station there, folks. You turn into our station. We're going to talk Aggies. We're going to talk local stuff. We're going to talk high school stuff. We'll talk jazz. Yes. We're going to talk Aggies, though. We love our Aggies. And uh, obviously, we're put on hold with Aggie stuff. But uh, maybe we'll give you, uh, we'll replace some of our great interviews we had. The one with Stu Morrill. Spencer Nilton was really fun. Uh, we'll replace some of those great Aggie legend uh, interviews that we had. Uh, we'll replay Con Smith uh, at some point, too. Uh, you, I, Con Smith was such a blast. You'll love it. So we'll get all that and more. Uh, Eric, NFL, boy, they just took over the stage, didn't they, and put a spotlight on them? Uh, well, our, our friends in the national media have been licking their chops, waiting for the NFL calendar <laughs> to begin because it's been a very quiet front uh, across many other sports. But, uh, yes, the NFL has been going gangbusters today. And really one of the big things you talk about, we want to focus local, but sometimes there are some big things nationally that we still need to talk about. And, and one of those is just trying to figure out what's going on with the Houston Texans. I don't get it. I don't get it. It's so bizarre. Uh, they, they've, <laughs> as good as that quarterback is and as good as some of the people in that organization are, they keep finding new ways to... How does Billy O'Brien still have a job? Like, seriously, how does Billy O'Brien um, still still have a job? I, uh, in fact, it's, I was looking, someone put this out. Where is it? I'll have to find this tweet, but it's about what they've, uh, what they've given up and what they've lost and, uh, and, and like, in just the amount, the amount of talent they've given up. Uh, is it Javon? Is it is it Javon and Clowney? Javon, JV and Clowney? What's his name? Javon and Clowney? I can't remember his name. JV and Clowney? <laughs> Just call him Clowney, AJ. No, I want to. I want to know his first name. <laughs> Javadian Clowney. Sorry. <laughs> okay, so I just want to watch you squirm. It's fun. I hate you so bad right now. <laughs> uh, here's the here's the thing: the uh, Houston Texans. Have a great wide receiver with a great quarterback in Deshaun Watson. So what do they do, Eric? They find a way to screw it up by giving away DeAndre Hopkins for uh, for a uh, Arizona Cardinals running back and a second round pick, if I'm not mistaken. Was yeah, a late round pick. Does uh, do you it make see a sense? problem here? It doesn't make sense. I don't get it. I don't get what's so saucy about it. They they give away DeAndre Hopkins in a fourth round to Arizona for David Johnson in a second round this year and a fourth round next year. So timeout for Clowney and Hopkins, Eric. They have not given up one or three. They have not got back one first round pick. Out of those two guys who are both first round picks, they haven't got a first round pick back. Well, Hopkins has uh, just coming off his third straight 1,000-yard receiving season. Now, now, Houston does need a running back, but come on. You, you find other ways to get a guy? I mean, you're, you're taking away for, Watson's for David weapons. Johnson too. 
Yeah, that that's the thing, is you're giving away weapons and you could have got you could have got Johnson for something else. You didn't have to do that. Like like Houston's just throwing themselves at the lines then because in the AFC, the AFC is getting better. It is getting better. M- meanwhile, David Johnson, who they got in return, he's on a downturn. He's at he just had his lowest production of his career. 130 touches, 715 all-purpose yards. Houston, we have a problem. <laughs> I, I I just don't. <sighs> I feel bad, and you, but you know, good for DeAndre Hopkins because guess where he's going? Arizona. Guess who's already there? Kyler Murray. And who else? Larry Fitzgerald. That's right. So you got Fitzgerald on one side of the field. Oh You've got gosh. DeAndre Hopkins no on the other side of the field. And you got Kyler Murray behind there. Uh, that's, that's incredible. And that's what Arizona gets to have now inside of a tough, by the way, an extremely tough division with the Niners who just made a big, big splash trade. With the Seahawks and the Rams. Yeah, that's that's a tough division. Is the Saints in that division too or no? No, they're in another division, right? New Orleans Saints. I don't think the Saints are in that same division. I don't think so. I would guess no. I don't remember though. That's really sad that I don't remember that. But I don't. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. There's a petition going around to fire Bill O'Brien mm-hmm. though. No, Saints are in the NFC South. Okay, so they're not in the same one. And that's the NFC West that we're talking about, right? It's the Cardinals, Rams. Yeah, that's the NFC yep. West. Yep. Okay. Uh, yeah, it just doesn't make sense to me. It's a bad decision overall, and it's just Houston hurting themselves more. They have no they have no offensive presence now besides Deshaun Watson. None. We're talking about a team that gave up Clowney that blew a 24-point lead in the playoffs in, in one quarter, by the way, in one quarter, and then just gave up Hopkins with no first-round picks in hand. Yeah, it, the, their moves over the last couple of years just seem baffling. By the way, a team that looks like it, it could be on the rise and starts to bring some talent together and some good coaching, then it seems like they go out of their way to blunt that momentum that they try to recreate every year. Like, Okay, say what you want about the New York Giants, right, Eric? But when they traded Odell Beckham, they got a first round and a second round pick for a guy who was, oh, by the way, and a starting safety who was a former first round pick. Odell has not been healthy, mentally or physically. Let's be honest with each other here. DeAndre Hopkins, who's only missed two games his entire career, just got traded for a bag of those flavor yucky jelly beans and <laughs> David Johnson. <laughs> How does Bill O'Brien have this much power still as the G- as the GM of this football team? Yeah, someone's got to teach him how to negotiate better. If, if, if he's trying to get a, a, a running back, if he feels like they desperately need a running back, seems like you could hold out for more. You should. If, if you're, if you're you going to put should. that receiver on the block... Man, you should get a lot you more should, in return. You should expect and demand a lot more, Eric. Yes. You should expect and demand a lot more. And then there was one more big trade today, wasn't there? If I'm not mistaken. 
Uh, Colts, yes, Colts were involved in a trade. They got a first round. Uh, they send, or excuse me, the Colts acquired defensive tackle DeForest Buckner from the 49ers. Big, big deal there. For the 13th overall pick. So then that means, and this is big news because of a couple reasons. First of all, uh, Buckner was enormous in the Super Bowl. He was enormous in the playoffs, Eric. Really, really stout. Great job. I think he averaged to uh, just uh, maybe above a sack per game in the playoffs. He was great, great in the playoffs. Uh, and he's already, so they made the trade and in, in the Colts have already paid him. He's now the second highest paid defensive tackle in the NFL. That make it behind Aaron Donald, if I'm yes, not mistaken. Correct. So then with that, Eric, because the Colts give up their number 13th pick in the first, first round, round, there goes Jordan Love. At least not to the Colts. Yeah, that's right. That's what I meant to say is their chance of getting Jordan Love is just going out the window. So they must trust Jacoby Brissett to be able to get the job done. Right. Or are they going to – I think that, that solidifies their faith in Brissett and that if they do select somebody, another quarterback, it's a longer play. Yeah. Not an immediate impact. So I think you're right. that For Jordan Love, you can probably check Indianapolis off the list. Which is too bad. I thought that would have been a good destination for him. Big offensive line, good system, good ownership, uh, decent running back. But that's out of the mix. So, um, oh, and apparently the Colts have interest in uh, Philip Rivers, according to a source. Wait, wait, wait. Say that one more time. Apparently the Colts have interest in Philip Rivers. Why? What in the world? Oh, that wouldn't go over well. Okay, speaking of which, Ryan Tannehill gets big money to uh, stay at Tennessee to play under Mike Vrabel and the Tennessee Titans. They tag Derrick Henry. And that probably uh, takes them off the list for potential destinations for Tom Brady. That's correct. Here's the thing. You're going to pay this quarterback $119 million to exist for three seconds in getting the ball and handing it off to Derrick Henry. Like, we're, you're going to pay a guy that much just to exist for three seconds during a play? He had a great playoff run, sure. But remember when Blake Bortles had a great playoff run and went to the AFC Championship game, lost to the New England Patriots? Then you haven't heard of Blake Bortles ever since. <laughs> so is that the case here? And and so now, by the way, that limited, I, I, I would guess, about two destinations. Because San Francisco has came out and said, we do not have interest in Tom Brady. Jimmy Garoppolo, and rightfully so, by the way, Jimmy Garoppolo is our quarterback. So Tom Brady's got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and God help you if you go to Tampa Bay, buddy, and go play quarterback. You ain't, you ain't contending for anything for the rest of your career. No, there's not a lot and there. Your, your wonderful 43-year-old TB12 meth itself is going to feel like, well, what I do at 32, 33 years old and out of shape getting out of bed every morning. Uh, or you can stay in New England, swallow a bottle of suck it up, trust Coach Belichick that he'll get you the players you need to build the team you need to go compete for a Super Bowl. Guys who are not mental issues or drug addicts and be a competitive football team in the AFC. So it's up to you, buddy. Or he could, he could go to the Chargers. Don't do that to me, please. 
Don't New do that. New stadium? No, don't, Eric, please. Los Angeles? Eric, please, the don't. The biggest stars go to Los Angeles. No, please. Take Jordan Love and have him start as your quarterback, L.A. Okay, make the right decision. Pay the youngster. Don't pay a 43-year-old guy who's been kicking your sorry butt for 18 years of football. Uh, here's Jeff Darlington talking about the Ryan Tannehill signing and how that might affect Tom Brady's free agency. What does this mean moving forward? The Tennessee Titans certainly a target for Tom Brady, but just one of many. Just because the Titans are no longer on the table, this is not an indication of anything when it comes to Brady potentially going back to the Patriots. This is just another domino that does fall. Now, there are other targets, other teams that are definitely continuing to monitor Brady's free agency, something we'll keep a close eye on in the coming days. But for now, this locks up Tannehill with the Titans, and now we can move forward with another domino falling in the quarterback carousel. That's bull. Okay, this is Brady's market team talking. Hey, there's a lot of teams interested in me. San Francisco, uh, no we're not. We got a quarterback who just took us to the Super Bowl. Well, Tennessee, uh, we're good. We just paid our quarterback that beat you in the playoffs last year. Well, you know what? Tampa Bay's, yeah, we'll take it. We got Jameis Winston, absolutely. Let us know how much you need. I mean, there's not a lot of teams interested in him. Raiders are okay with Derek Carr. Indianapolis, if they do pick up Phillip, they do pick up Phillip, but they got Jacoby Brissett. L.A. Chargers have the sixth, what, is it the sixth pick in the draft? Or something like that? They would like Jordan Love. Miami, who was smart enough to get on the situation before things went to heck, got Jordan Love in South Florida, Miami Beach, to be able to get him a workout in and get a good look at him. So let's, like... The whole, hey, all 32 teams are interested in me is not true. Yeah, maybe pump the brakes on that just a little bit. Hey, what's the uh, deal on the draft? Have we heard yet? Okay, so let's let's talk about that. I was going to bring that up in the next okay, segment. Let's so let's we'll take a quick timeout here on the Full Court Press. NFL draft was scheduled to be taking place in Las Vegas on the fountains of the Bellagio. It looked was probably going to be this big spectacle, which I was really looking forward to see how they were going to pull that off. Players getting to the podium via little boat taxis. Well, that may be all on pause. It may not happen after all. We'll give you updates on that coming up next here on the Full Court Press. It doesn't matter who you root for. The Full Court Press has all the high school sports covered. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Eric France and Ajay Salveson, thanks for tuning in and joining us. Uh, if you missed it, uh, we had a conversation with John Oglesby earlier this hour. Really interesting about uh, some of the, the, the decision process that went into delaying spring sports and a, a postponement of not just sports but other activities on the high school level and just his opinion about uh, how the RPI worked for football and boys and girls basketball this past season. So you can go back and listen to that on our website, 1069thefan.com. We have everything podcast there. Uh, news also, we heard last hour, we heard the latest updates from Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert on how they're doing. Donovan Mitchell appeared on Good Morning America, says he feels fine. Uh, he has been tested positive, but he feels fine. Uh, and for a majority of people that contract the, this virus, they they recover uh, but there are some prone 
populations, which is why we need to be careful. Um, hey, someone moved my screensaver. I had a picture of it, the clown, and it's been moved. <laughs> well, breaking news here at the end of the show. I just want to know who it was. It wasn't me. Uh, Major League Baseball is going to push back their opening day until mid-May, but they have not set a specific date because that could still be a bit of a moving target as well. Uh, that's going to do it for us. Very busy show. Uh, and we have more to discuss tomorrow and uh, different guests we're going to be lining up as well. Stay tuned.